Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Help Desk for Tuesday, the 23rd of March. My name is Tess Bennett. And I'm Peter Wells. And Peter, we missed Twitter's 15th birthday over the weekend. 16th. The 16th anniversary of Jack Dorsey's first tweet. Oh, what did he say again? Just setting up my Twitter with no vowels. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it was in that Flickr era where everyone dropped a vowel. Uh, And so today's story to celebrate, uh, today's show, we've got uh, two Twitter stories and an Apple story because you wrote the show notes. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) Uh, But we'll get right to the first Twitter story, and that is that Twitter is teasing an undo feature. So evidence is mounting that Twitter will be adding an undo tweet feature. The ability to take back tweets has been shown up on a survey asking Twitter users about the feature and if they'd be willing to pay for it, as well as in code for the app. Uh, But the code is actually tied in around the subscription service as well. So two different points saying that you might have to pay for the ability to undo a tweet. I thought it was really interesting that they went the undo tweet route because it makes it sound more like uh, Gmail or Outlook, which you can undo email in those. And I use that feature all the time. But yeah, you can do it there. And and I think that's Twitter's way of saying, look, you can't just delete something, you know, once it's in the public record, but we'll give you that, that breathing space in case you do screw up. So just explain what is the, I guess, the technical difference between deleting a tweet or deleting an email and recalling it or undo send. What's what's the difference? Never trust that, that exchange thing where you can recall email. That never works. Everyone sees the email. You're done. Yeah. Um, but in terms of uh, Gmail introduced undo email send uh, maybe about five years ago on the web. And it's just, it just gives you 60 seconds to look over the email and go, oh, I meant to say that. Or, you know, oh, oh, that's career ending. I shouldn't send that. So yeah, that, that's the, what the undo tweet feature, I guess, is going to do that. Yeah, you, you'll have just 60 seconds or so to decide whether that's something you really want permanent. Politicians, sorry, I'm going all over the shop here, but politicians delete their tweets all the time. And there are accounts that follow that information because sometimes deleting a tweet says more than the tweet itself. Mm. Yeah. So you still, if you send that tweet, you've still got to wait for people to tell you it's bad. Yeah, exactly. And in other Twitter news, the Bird app is asking its users how to deal with problems like Trump. The company has sent out a survey to random users asking about hypothetical situations involving very important tweeters. It also asks questions like whether leaders should face more, less or the same amount of scrutiny as other accounts. And they ask if it's okay for the platform to ban a sitting president or prime minister. It is nice that Jack Dorsey, currently worth $12.9 billion, in large part because of Trump, is asking users what to do. Peter, have you filled out this survey? 
Uh, it's being sent randomly, I think. Uh, I, I definitely haven't seen it, but then I don't use the, the, the official app. Maybe I should do that for a bit. No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I uh, would have many opinions. Yeah, this does seem like a problem that Twitter should probably work out on their own, given that it's not exactly a product feature. It's more of a policy mm. thing. It's sort of like they've, they've decided this problem is so hard. We're either buying ourselves more time or outsourcing it wherever possible. Hmm. Although I, I've got to say, I had a conversation with a friend of mine who's not a techie at all over the weekend, and, and he brought this up. I, I, I don't talk tech to him at all, but he brought up Twitter banning Trump. And he was like, I don't feel comfortable about that because of the idea that important people should have a voice no matter how uh, annoying <laughs> their voice might be. Mm, I would say argument with Trump was that he could always still put out a White House press release. Yes, which, yeah. which he did about the vaccine. That was an amazing tweet, really. Anyway, moving on, uh, and Apple has filed the brief on who is going to appear in their case against Epic. Uh, this is interesting because I'm an Apple nerd, but also uh, because it's often said that who a company chooses to bring to a meeting or a, a Senate hearing really shows how how seriously they're taking the issue. You know, for for a long time, Facebook would just send any old lackey down to uh, Washington when whenever they were pulled across the coals. These days. Zuckerberg is the only person that shows up because they realize how uh, how many feathers they have ruff- ruffled down in the Capitol. So, all that in context, uh, Apple are bringing Tim Cook, Phil Schiller, and Craig Federighi, basically the top three executives at the company, to the lineup. There will be standing room only in the court that day. But the the greatest little tidbit of the story is that Epic wanted to bring on Scott Forstall, the man who convinced Steve Jobs that an app store was a good idea for the iPhone. Uh, Steve didn't want official apps or uh, native apps on the iPhone. Uh, Scott Forstall thought it was a good idea. A couple of billion dollars later, Steve thanked him for that. They Epic wanted Forstall there, and Apple said that they no longer had Forstall's number because uh, Forstall and Cook had a pretty big falling out, and uh, those I guess those fences have never been mended. Sorry, is that so nerdy? Like, am I the only person taking uh, great joy in this story? I am sure you are not the only person taking great joy in this story uh, and getting the chance to show that long-running Apple fanboy knowledge. Um, (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) uh, On Epic's side, they say... They have a chorus of developers speaking out against Apple and their anti-competitive behavior. So not the same kind of big names uh, that Apple's got. And this all goes back to what we've discussed before, uh, which started in August last year after Apple removed Epic Games' Fortnite from the App Store when they were trying to bypass Apple's own payment system to avoid the 30% cut that Apple takes from all in-app purchases. Absolutely. And despite being a fanboy, I really am going for Epic. And it's not just because I like underdog stories. I want Epic to win this one. And next to a story about consequences in tech... Uh, If you caught our International Women's Day podcast, then you'd already know all about Dispo, that Instagram rival that makes you wait 24 hours for your photos to develop before you can share them. One of the app's co-founders is a YouTuber called David Dobrik, who's known for being the leader of a popular YouTube ensemble uh, called The Vlog Squad. 
Last week, Insider published an investigation into allegations that a member of the vlog squad sexually assaulted, a, uh, I believe it was a 20-year-old woman, while filming a video about group sex for their YouTube channel. And that's had some pretty serious fallout. Yesterday, Dobrik has uh, said he was leaving the company. Uh, he's going to step down from the board of Dispo in order to, quote, not distract from the company's growth. And that happened not too long after their venture capital company, Spark Capital, decided to sever ties with Dispo. And that's big news because less than a month ago, Spark Capital led a Series A in Dispo, a $20 million financing round uh, that valued the company at $200 million. The VC firm tweeted that they had severed all ties with Dispo and they'd be stepping down from the board as well. And they tweeted, quote, We are in the process of making arrangements to ensure we do not profit from our recent investment in Dispo. And in their write-up of all of this, TechCrunch has pointed out this kind of thing is very rare, maybe even the first of its kind. Do you think this could be the start of VCs holding their portfolio companies responsible for something other than just a return on their investment? Good question. I think that depends. I, I think you can have someone like a Travis Kalanick at Uber being all sorts of awful for a very long time, as long as the growth is there and, and everyone is uh, flying around in, in Learjets. But yeah, when, when, when it comes to just one single person that is so the brand and so the focal point, uh, I, th- I think that's going to uh, scare a lot of people. That story, uh, really fascinating. Hadn't read it at all. So thank you for that. God, I felt old listening to all of those details like uh, yeah when i re- read the story in the show notes earlier today i watched a couple of his videos and oh my god i just could not stand three minutes it's of like it st- mm. stunt pranky mm. kind of videos yeah yeah not as awful as those uh brothers the the blonde brothers but but getting there um getting there he, he's he's definitely got more charisma but anyway very very odd uh, i i do think that youtube is especially uh, are starting to realize that just like professional footballers or any other celebrity uh that that comes with uh, a very big price especially when uh, i i assume this kid's viewers are very young yeah yeah and i guess the consequences for youtubers including this guy uh is basically advertisers back off but then if they're still on the platform it's not a long-term punishment it's just sort of a temporary Mm. you know dip in in revenue and in this case uh, sponsors including DoorDash, EA Sports and Dollar Shave Club have said they weren't going to continue to advertise on his YouTube channel. Yeah, this just also reminds me, because I deep-dived into his channel earlier today, he, he he does this thing where which has become really popular with young YouTubers of, like, just giving away $10,000 all the time and, like, a car to, oh. to his users or to his viewers. And it just... There's something so kind of... Oh, just, like, look how rich I am, guys. Don't you want to be as rich as me? That is so creepy. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's worrying. Mm. Let's leave it there, shall we? Um, sorry, a gecko just crawled into... There's a gecko on my wall. Fantastic. <laughs> Australia. And that's all we've got time for for the show today. Uh, thank you, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat 
rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.